0: And welcome to the Cincy and Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, joined as always by Hummer. Hummer, what's up, buddy?
1: Coomer, today is a day that the Bearcats have learned that there are only seven teams that we must destroy in order to obtain that number one ranking in the AP poll. The Riders over at the AP seem to have their head on their shoulders a little better than the blatantly corrupt uh, ESPN. Whoever does your your polling, uh, get your voting machines checked. They're fake. They're not real. Uh, there's massive amounts of corruption going over ESPN, but not the AP baby. That is a solid ranking. That is That means it's a great day to be a Bearcat fan. Cause look, last year we said it was great because it was October. When we got the middle of October we get that first ranking and we're in the top 10. No, we get that from week 1 baby. Week 1. And number 8. We're number 8. We're number 8.
0: We're number
2: 8.
1: <coughs> I also love how the the releasing of this poll just absolutely triggered the Central Florida fans. Absolutely sent them into a a frenzy of how is this possible? This isn't fair. The, the 2017 18 squad would have, would have demolished this, this Cincinnati team. Oh, you mean the team that actually has a good defense that you would actually have to play against get out of here. Central Florida.
0: They feel a bit like the program that just peaked a little too early, right? Like we probably compare it to a high schooler, uh, You know, they maybe they were a a track runner that won the race at 10 years old. But then you get into high school and and they slow down. They're they're not as quick anymore. They didn't put in the work. They peaked too early. And now they're watching us lustfully from afar, seeing that us achieve everything that they thought they would have. And it's just it's just not there for them. So it's sad to see. Truly, Um, I think they are they're pointing their their weapons at the wrong party. We are not the problem, Central Florida. Cincinnati is not your problem. It's the institution of college football. It is the the cabal that runs college football that has screwed you in the past. And and I agree, they have. It's not our fault. don't Look, don't, don't don't knock our glow up, baby. This is real. This, point, this is happening.
1: Yeah, at this point, root for us. Join join us this season because our win can be your win because we're set up. We got. Two teams in the top twenty five and back to back weeks in Indiana and Notre Dame. Like, if we come out of the those first four games unscathed going into conference play, there is a legit, legitimately a case to be had that Cincinnati will be looking at a spot in the playoff come January.
0: That's like, right
1: it's going to, because of we're starting off at number eight already, that's a legitimate conversation. Cause you go in and you smack, you lay the smack down on Brian Kelly. You leave a smack down and on the Hoosiers, the Hoosiers, the loser Hoosiers. It, you just, you can't avoid the conversation anymore. It can't be done. You can't do it without the whole, the whole world starting to scream because there's people starting to scream already. And the season hasn't even started. So it's great news. Great news for the uh, if we happen to remain in the American for the, at least the next four years. Um, so oh,
0: that is that is far from played out. I am I am not convinced that that's what's going to happen. But you there's no way to spin this in a negative light. Coming in at number eight in the AP AP poll is a fantastic result for the Cincinnati Bearcats. It's also absolutely. deserved. It is absolutely one hundred percent earned based on everything they did last season based on everything they're returning this season, based on having Luke Fickle and most of his staff coming back to the program and keeping the momentum going. I'm excited. I know you're excited. Joe Barnett, somewhere on a lake, buzzed out of his brains. He's excited. But today's episode was not actually about football, Hummer. We talked to Demar Johnson, Director of Player Development for your Cincinnati Bearcats. I don't think we need to set this up much, Hummer, because it was honestly a fantastic conversation. Goes all over the place about DeMar's pursuit of the role, what he sees for it, some stories about the big three, which I found hilarious, and then we talk about the team. We nerd out over the roster, what guys are bringing to the table, what to get excited about. If you're not excited about the Cincinnati Bearcats basketball program after this, you have no soul. Enjoy. Without further ado, DeMar
1: Johnson. Founded in 2007, Homage turns back the clock with shout outs to eclectic moments and personalities in sports, music, and popular culture. From Barry Larkin to Kenyon Martin, Homage tells the story of triumph, individualism, and hustle, preserving the old school and creating new legacies. Pay Homage at www.homage.com. And right now... We have a new promo code for you. It's Slangin20. When you check out, you Slangin20. But before you check out, check out their new Cincinnati Bengals collection. They have a new selection of awesome graphic hoodies. Bright orange Cincinnati. Nice backdrop of the city. A nice Cincinnati Bengals tiger Love their sweatshirts. They're super soft. They're super comfortable. They also have some new Cincinnati Bearcats gear. Retro Bearcats. Paying homage to the championship teams. Look, grab yourself one of those championship shirts. Walk on down into Cincinnati. Find your your least favorite friend who's probably a Xavier fan and say, hey, where's your championship shirt? Oh, that's right. You don't have one, but you can by shopping Homage online at www.homage.com and in six stores across Ohio, including their over the Rhine Vine street location right here in Cincinnati. Like I mentioned, Homage has created an exclusive offer to kick off the 2021 football campaign for Cincinnati slang and listeners all month of August. Get 20 or 20% off your entire order by using the code slang and 20 at checkout. We are
0: now joined by Dermar Johnson, director of player development for the Cincinnati Bearcats basketball team, also player in the Big Three Basketball League for Three's Company. Dermar, thank you for rejoining the Cincy Slang and Bearcat Basketball Podcast today.
2: Appreciate you guys having me.
0: It's been a long time since we chatted, Dermar. The last time we talked with you, Hummer and I were so new at this that we were holding one set of headphones Back to back to each other, so that we could both <laughs> barely hear you sharing a microphone. It was one of the most, you know, some might call it professionally embarrassing performances of our lifetime. But we got it done. And since that time, you are now officially a member of the Bearcats basketball staff. Um, tell, I want to, I want to get into that a little bit and learn about, you know, the process of, of getting that position of director of player development, kind of what you envision for that position, mm. uh, but. Let, take me to that time when Wes Miller becomes the head coach and you you apparently have interest in joining the program. Kind of where where does it go from there?
2: If so before that, just I wanted to say look at all us moving up in the world from <laughs> from you guys sharing it, the earphones to me being on staff. But um so I mean I've always wanted to be a part of of the of the staff. That's why I came back here. I was Mick called me back here. For, for that to happen. I was playing ball overseas minding my, my business, you know. Mick brought me back here and he ended up going to UCLA. And then, um, you know, Brandon brought in this guy. So when Wes got the job, and you know, we all thought it was gonna be Eric Martin. So I'm talking to Eric and, you know, you know, hoping everything go well. we pushing for him. And then when Wes got the job, you know, then it was about people hitting me up really who who knew him and me reaching out to see who I knew, who knew who he was. and and you know, I knew people who knew him, and they reached out to him and was saying that you know you should probably bring on Demar and you know a few people even around here. You know, a lot of people was in his ear about that. So he said he wanted to talk to me, and when we met, I thought I thought it went well. And um, you know, he said he'll he'll get back to me, but he, he think he sees he sees it working out.
0: I love it so it obviously did work out. You're now officially in that role of player development uh, yeah. director. How, what are your primary goals or objectives in that role? Like for you personally, in terms of defining success, how do you see yourself contributing to the program or, or kind of enhancing the program from that position?
2: Um, I, I don't think it's just one way. I mean, if, if this is just about my title, then of course the development of the players, right? But I want I want to help all around, and I think that's what that's what Wes has in store for me There's a lot of things on my plate that has nothing to do with player development that that he's going to have me do everything, you know, within within the rules of my position, he, he's going to use me, you know, in every way he, he can. Um, and I'm looking forward to just trying to help, you know, my program because aside from, you know, this being my job, this is my school, so I want to help in any way I can.
0: It seems like one of the first things Wes Miller did when he took the position, some would say he might've prioritized it too early. Not I, I actually thought he, he did a good job focusing on the alumni of the Bearcat basketball program. Yeah. And yeah. and probably the reason for that is what you alluded to the fact that many people suspected Eric Martin was a leading candidate for the role. There, yeah. there was certainly some disappointed folks out in the, uh, in in the social media space, expressing frustration about how it played out, but he, yeah. He stepped up and met with everybody very quickly, and, and the resounding opinion on him was just incredibly impressed that he was an impressive uh, person. He, he seemed to grasp uh, the importance and substance of this program, and he's really – I mean, it's played out since then where he's completely dominated the offseason in terms of how this program is now being perceived and the excitement around it from a fan base perspective. Since then, I've noticed a lot of players coming back on campus. We've seen guys visiting – uh, be it Troy Copain, uh, be it Jacob Evans, Gary Clark. Have have you played a role in this? Like how, why are we starting to see kind of an influx of guys coming back? Is it, is it as simple as people can travel now because of, of COVID, you know, changes or or are you kind of re-engaging alumni a bit?
2: Well, that's the culture that we're trying to create. And that is a big part of my job is the outreach of the alumni and trying to get every, everybody back. I mean, every day um, I'm, I'm talking to somebody. I, I mean, I've been here, back for like four years and friend, I haven't seen Danny Fortune since, since I've been here. I talked to Danny today for the first time. I'm like, Danny, I've been here four years. Where you been? And you know, so we're trying to, we trying to get get everybody back. And and I think the reason why Wes reached out to everybody so fast and and made that a priority is because where he comes from, that's how it is. He at North Carolina where he played, the family atmosphere is big there. So that's just what he that's what he's used to with him coming here and he didn't even know at first, but I think he's starting to feel it now. A lot of the guys didn't feel so welcome that the, the ex players and, and Wes hates that. So he's 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 addressing that. And I'm a big part of that. Kyle Washington's a big part of that. And you know, we're trying to get all these guys back in here because they they help, you know, build this thing.
0: I'm not kidding when I say that before you jumped on here, we were chatting with with uh David Cohen from the communications department and we literally mentioned Danny Fortson's name as someone we yeah. would love to see back in, at a game, or just even a even a Twitter post, an Instagram post right. with him visiting the guys. Right. Uh, just someone who had a who had a ridiculously legendary career at Cincinnati, but then mm-hmm. obviously his NBA career was fantastic as well, yeah. with several stops across across the country.
2: Right. That's what I've been telling him. I'm like, bro, and I've been like, I would see people in the street and be like hey, I, I did it, I played ball with Danny. Hey, Danny goes to this gym. And I'm like, I haven't seen Danny <laughs> since I've been here. <laughs> and Danny was just like, you know, he's just been raising his kids, just staying out of the way. And I'm like, he was like, you know, congratulations on the job. I'm like, bro, it's, it's not the same over here. We need you guys to come back. And he told me, he said, man, you know, whatever you need, I'm there. I'm like, it's not about whatever I need. It's for, this is for all of us. This is for, for you for, you know, all of the ex-players, especially a guy, you know, who, who was as special as you was to the program, and he, he agreed. I
1: mean, he definitely, like, a top five, like, still – you still have the jersey in your closet for, as a fan. Yeah. And like, he, he's still there. For sure. For <laughs> sure.
0: I, I mean, Hummer, I'm, I'm happy to give you a few minutes on the mic here to just kind of make your personal pitch to get Danny back back around the program and back on campus. Help tomorrow out.
1: All right. So we, I used to work at the Cheesecake Factory in college. So this is going to sound like completely irrelevant. Uh, but Danny Fortson was a frequenter of the Cheesecake Factory in Kenwood. But every time he was there, I wasn't there. And I have this photograph uh, of him and I wanted to, to see if I could get it, get it autographed, but I was always afraid to leave it there at work. Cause I'm like, someone's going to steal this. Someone's going to take my photo, of Danny Fortson.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and they were calling me like, so he would order to go. And, you know, you put your name on it and he was one of the few like famous people who would actually put his real name on his order. Mm -hmm. And so they would call me to see if I could come and drive the Cheesecake Factory real quick to try to basically stalk Danny Fortson before he left and never, never got the opportunity to to successfully stalk Danny Fortson at the Cheesecake Factory. He's he is Mr. Elusive. Um.
2: (laughs) So let me ask you now, when he called his to-go orders, did you just not come? or uh, you came no and you- i came
1: he was gone already
0: <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> okay what was the order i mean do we have did he have
1: a go-to Was it
0: you know i don't i don't know what what's at the cheesecake factory but
1: i don't remember what what okay. the, the order was and then you had uh, andy andy dalton was the other one who came a lot but he would he would always put it under his wife's name uh, and then he would basically he'd have his truck with the big dogs in the back and you'd pull up to the truck and like you know, he'd roll down the window and you're like, Whoa.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> He's another guy. I haven't seen one time since I've been back here. And like the city's not that big. <laughs> no, I've never no. Seen Danny.
0: So Danny's in Cincinnati. Do I yeah. have that right? Yeah.
2: Oh he, man, yeah. This is, it's yeah. just a
0: matter of time. Then I can, I can see the momentum building and I can't wait. I think that's a great way to sort of kick off the season. Right. Just surprise us. Uh, Don't even tell me when it's going to happen. Just drop something online.
2: I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. This was, you know, you know, I, I I reached out to him a, a few days ago. I just got a hold of his number, and I was a little wary because he didn't he didn't hit me back. And then today, we're in the coaches' meeting, and he, he hits me back. Sorry, I was out of town. I'm like, oh, so this is your number. There we go. So now we there have we contact. So, director of player
0: development is only one piece of the puzzle for Demar Johnson. You're yeah. a very hardworking man. Um, obviously, you've got this new position with the Bearcats program. You you uh, took on a Great Dane puppy this off season as well which <laughs> I did. as a guy who went through the puppy process myself recently that's quite a bit of work any update how's, how's the great thing going how's he going
2: um I, I don't know if you heard him a few minutes ago barking but yeah so it's a lot better now because this is my first dog i've never had a dog my first one and i had no idea what i was getting myself into my girls had plenty of dogs and we watched a, a great day her brother her brother his but her brother's girlfriend has a great Dane. he's like two that dog's great, right? So when I get this dog, I'm thinking I'm gonna get this same dog. <laughs> Not knowing that dog is already trained. The Great Dane I got, I hated him for a long time. Yeah, now, now some- he's listening. He's coming along. <laughs> he he listened to things I say now, and he he's actually pretty cool now. He's that's that's my youngest son.
0: All right, I love it. I love it because there were there were some posts early on there when they're when they start crapping in the house. Oh man, they're making a mess of things. They're destroying oh, your favorite man. slippers. It's it's a it rough is. going with a puppy.
2: A lot of lot of scratched up walls around here.
0: Yep. So, in addition to that, though, what that was building to is the fact that you are currently a member of the Three's Company team for the Big Three League, which right. I've been impressed. Just the fact that you're still playing in this league while also doing this position with the Bearcats. Oh man. It's how good. have how has that process gone? Just simply juggling the two jobs, working out in Cincinnati, honing your craft, and then traveling. Where where are you traveling for these games and how often?
2: Well, now for Three's company, the, the season's over. So we we got we got cut short due to due to COVID. So what they did was they dropped the 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 bottom four teams out. Um and we were we were one of the bottom four teams, which is bad luck because our best player got COVID mystery games. So I'm pretty sure we would have been in the top if he was there. But so the first six weeks, especially the first few, was was brutal, man. I'm I'm, I'm used to I'm, I'm used to just playing in the big three and not having to get up and go to work on Monday. And you know, I'm catching red eyes from Vegas, getting in at six, and having to go to the office. And you know, a long week. Then it's feel like the week goes by so fast. I'm back on a plane again. Got to play basketball. and I'm going back and forth, and it, it was brutal. I'm actually kind of glad. It's over now. I love the big three. I love you know playing ball and being around all my old teammates and guys I've battled with in all the years in the NBA. It's just a very fun league, but it was it was it was a lot. I could focus just on us now.
0: That's right. That's right. And that that's where the the Fortson thing comes into play, right? Like those yeah. are the kind of deals you can close now with the big yeah. three the big three off your plate. Um, much has been made about about West Miller's shooting ability. Mm-hmm. And obviously you're someone who's still playing basketball and I, I see you you're constantly in the gym, mm-hmm. constantly working on your game. So my first question would be, have you had the shooting competition with Wes Miller yet?
2: No, no, not at all. I'm in the gym every day trying to get these, trying to get the other coaches and to play some three on threes or one on ones and all that. And Wes can't really shoot, but he's, he, he hasn't came down there <laughs> and, and tried to shoot not in, the, not in the competition. Anyway, he'll, he'll mess around in practice, but.
0: No, he hasn't. So I, I'm trying to get a feel for maybe what Wes's game is like these days. Like, could Wes, if if Wes worked out for, let's say, 60 days, and he said, I, "I'm not, a, I'm not a head basketball coach right now. I'm just working on me, my game." Yeah. Um, he'll be married to his his basketball game, and that's it. Not the basketball program. Mm-hmm. Could he make it in the Big Three? Could you ever see Wes Miller playing in the Big Three if he really was like putting everything into it?
2: In a big three? No, because he's too small. But like Wes, Wes will act like he can't play. Like his knees hurt so bad. Like when Wes get out there and practice, man, Wes is out there draining threes in these kids' face. He's he's trying to demonstrate them when he wants them to do his handle is good. He do all the dribble drills. Don't don't lose the ball at all. I'm like, Wes, you can play, man. Stop acting like you can't play. He was like, man, after practice, I took one step and I felt something. I'm like man, you 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 really downplaying yourself because just seeing you can tell when somebody can play the way they move, and yeah, and the way he moves, it looked like he can still play if he wanted to. As so far as the three, he's just too small.
0: He's sandbagging. So is is that specific to like three on three basketball? You can't get by if you're five nine. Like, what's the who's the smallest guy in the big three right Let, now? Unless your
2: neighbor Robinson. <laughs> That's good. All right. <laughs> yeah. and, but, you know, even even Nate, you know, Nate has some good games with certain teams. Nate has his struggles where he out there and he got to play some, get somebody big and they're going right to the post. And then, you know, Dr. J got to pull him out of the game because, you know, it's a mismatch.
0: It's not the same as the five on five game in the NBA right now, where uh, three is not necessarily king. The the post guys are dominating the big three still, aren't
2: they? Yeah, well, especially when you got a, you got a five nine guy in there, you, you got to exploit that. <laughs> That's right. Um, a, a couple
0: more questions about the big three. Are there any, are there any just re, like absurd trash talkers in the league? You know, everybody in the NBA talks about the fact like birds, the guy everybody points to as being the best trash talker in NBA history or one of the best yeah. who, who are the big three legends right now for just trash talking and being kind of annoying on the court with that, with that regard.
2: The biggest trash talker is probably a coach, which is Gary Payton. <laughs> <laughs> Like whatever you think about Gary and his trash talking as a player, it's right now, it hasn't stopped at all. He's the same way as a coach. Um, Steven Jackson, who who was a player, who is now is a coach. He, he talks his trash too, as far as on the court, you know, I think Mike, Mike Taylor, Mike, Mike Taylor does a lot of trash talking. He, he really gets on the guys guys skin with all his energy and every time he scores, you know, he's, his name, is team is ghost. And him and Ricky Davis in the same team, they're always screaming, ghost, ghost every time they score.
0: <laughs> what's the, uh, I mean, what's the most absurd example of, of trash talk you heard from Gary Payton this season? What is, what is Gary Payton coach, coach Gary Payton trash talk sound like?
2: So there was, this was, this was like two years ago. It was, when they were playing against us. And he was saying something to Dante Jones. He was like, you were cheerleader. <laughs> you gonna be my cheerleader and Dante was, you know, Dante was going back at him and Dante was, you know, at, at ice cube and it was like, y'all gonna let him really, cause Gary was like in his ear, he's trying to take the ball out. Like y'all gonna really let him, you know, do this to me while I'm trying to play a game. And you know, Gary didn't care. And it kind of, they didn't even after the game, like Dante was pissed. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't like that at all. He was like clapping in his face, telling <laughs> him he was a cheerleader.
0: <laughs> so it was very effective trash talk it appears. Yeah, yeah, is Dante? Does he play in the big three and have that same persona that he did in the NBA? Because he was a guy who would get under people's skin in the NBA. For
2: sure. Well, he he don't play anymore. He didn't play this past year because he's on he's on a staff with the Clippers. But okay. uh, we went to the finals a few, few years ago, and um, him and Corey McGetty almost got into a fight. You remember those two Duke guys? And oh wow! And a lot of people think Dante is like like dirty, and you know. <laughs> he pisses off a lot of people and like Corey went up to shoot and he kicked his leg and Dante kind of like lifted his leg a little bit and Corey was like you know don't do that to my leg and they got we had like a whole break in the the finals because teams are getting into it over there I'm like look at these two Duke guys I let them have it
0: I was gonna say if if two Duke guys are fighting does the rest of the league just kind of kick back relax get the popcorn just sit back and enjoy it
2: that's how I was thinking about it. But then, you know, you had guys on his team, Katino Mobley, he's trying to take up for McGetty everybody's pissed off and we had to break it up after a while. But I'm like, man, let them do guys. Take care of themselves.
0: <laughs> I love it. Um, by the way, Dante Jones was very much a fringe dirty player there by the end, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and I, I feel like his last couple stretches with the Cavs, his job was basically like LeBron enforcer, essentially mm-hmm. whoever is, getting on his nerves on the court is the guy I'm going to go out and and make sure I'm, I'm uh, throwing an extra shot at. at. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I know that. I just, I've known Dante for so long and I'm like, man, I'm the only guy that likes you, man. Everybody hates you, bro. (laughs) I tell him that all the time.
0: That's fantastic.
2: He's a great dude. You know, he just, you know, got to do your job. That's right. Standing in the league is, is, is playing that way. That's how you got to stay in there. You got to do it. Everybody's got a role. Yeah.
0: Um, there's, you know, I was going to ask this at the end, but I'm, I'm going to ask it now. Cause we're kind of talking a little bit about, about your, your playing and sometimes to pre- prepare for a podcast, I'll, I'll poke around and ask some people if there's stories or things I should ask about. So I reached out to your buddy, good friend, Leonard Stokes. Mm-hmm. I just said, Hey, tomorrow's coming on the podcast. Is there anything I should ask about? Is there anything that, that good stories he would have to tell that maybe we should ask him about? And what he told me is he said, ask him about Ron Curry putting full court <laughs> press on him.
2: <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. Lydia, is so funny. Oh, <laughs> oh man. So this this is a this is a funny story. So so I, I think Ron was like two years ahead of me and something. You know, he's an all-American, he's football, basketball, and at this time I'm like a sophomore. And I'm, you know, also one of the better players of the country. But so what happened was I was, six, I was playing 16-under, but at that time I was playing with the older guys, because we were Adidas, but we took a few guys to the Nike tournament. Um, so, Delonte Hill was the point guard on our team, and he's bringing the ball up. This time, and Ronald was guarding Delonte, this time I was like, you know, let me bring it up and, and, and do my thing. So, he passed me the ball, and as I turned around, Ronald Courage is standing there low in his stance. And I wasn't prepared for that because he wasn't guarding me. And I'm just thinking, man, I I, I like lifted up to do a crossover. But in the back of my head, I said, he's going to take this. Like, he's just too low. And I just threw the ball up to Delonte. Delonte wasn't even looking because he was just running up the court. I had to scream his name, Delonte. The ball (laughs) hit him in his head. And, man, he was crying laughing. I'm like, man. (laughs) I said, he just, I wasn't expecting Ronald Curry to be up under me like that. And we just been laughing about that since then to this day. I love that. So
0: that must just be a story that you're telling. Cause I mean, that's a guy where if he's lining up against you and getting in a squat position like that, that doesn't feel like a normal basketball defender. Those football players, they they get, they make me nervous.
2: Right. See, but back then, like I used to break presses. I I, like, I handled the ball a lot back then and like getting past people and crossing them over was, was something I, I did all the time. But when I turned around and it was just, he just surprised me. He just, I could just tell the way he was standing. <laughs> I might could have got him, but I just felt like, no, nah, Ronald's not about to let me do this. And, and I'm a sophomore. I just threw the ball up like halfway down the court.
0: And got your teammate right in the face. Yeah. Wow. Lenny wasn't setting you up there for a, for a nice story. He was he was definitely ribbing you with it. Oh, ball. he
2: knew because what I, what I told him about it, he he sent me a picture of like a, a North Carolina pitcher of Ronald Curry in his stand. Sometimes when he's joking around, he'll just send me that picture. Like with Delante's teller story, it's probably more funny because he got a different perspective. He just running on the court, <laughs> the ball hits him in the head.
0: Yeah, his his perspective is DeMar completely threw me under the bus and made me look ridiculous <laughs> in, the, in the process.
2: Right. Like, why has Ronald gone me?
0: He's gone you. So, hey, can we ask you a little bit here about the team itself? I think you've been at plenty of the practices and the summer workouts. There's a lot of new faces. There's mm-hmm. several returning faces, thankfully. I love yep. to have uh, several of these guys back, like Mike Saunders Jr., Mason Madsen, uh, yep. you know, coming back and rejoining the program. What's Before we get into maybe specific players and Hummers, certainly feel free to chime in too if you have specific guys you want to ask about. But I want to kind of get your overall sense of how they've immersed these new players from UNCG and otherwise into the program and kind of the overall vibe of the team right now.
2: Um. I think right now we just got a bunch of guys who just love, love the work. Like, I don't remember. I don't know. We didn't do like this. We didn't do this player development like we do now. Make them um, do it like these guys are in the gym doing three a days, like almost. We can't get these dudes out of the gym. I'm trying to go in there and shoot and work on my own game. And I can't find gym time because, you know, them guys are in the gym all day. And I and I, and I I think it's great um, The 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 UNCG guys fit right in like because all them guys are are young um and the uncg guys knows knows west more than everybody. so they're actually helpful with the other guys of you know some of the the the, the verbiage and the things that wes wants from them and and practice you know drills and stuff. so they've been they've been great. everybody's bit right in like brothers so far
0: it, I mean, that's very apparent outside looking in. I mean, everybody looks to seem to be just completely dialed in the the chemistry appears to be there's no questions about it everybody's having a good time everyone's supportive yeah. the first the first guy i kind of want to ask about is someone who a few weeks ago i'll, I'll call it he went bearcat viral and that's david de julius who's mm-hmm. knocking in you know corner three after corner three after corner three mm-hmm. and this is a guy who came in last season with the bearcats coming as a transfer from michigan known to be a guy who can play the one or the two, can play off ball or on, but Mm -hmm. really struggled with his three-point shot last season. Now, that said, he did a lot of other things very well. Rebounded the ball well, facilitated well, easily the best ball handler on the team last season. Mm -hmm. Um, What's going on with the shot? Like, is this something that, is this an added wrinkle where it's going to be a more reliable jumper? Or kind of what are you seeing with David DeJulius and his development this offseason?
2: I feel like Dave was always able to shoot you know sometimes the numbers don't always show it and especially if you're you're in a situation where you you i mean you you're not confident um and in your in your situation off the court isn't great you know them guys they they felt like they went through a pretty bad year last year even you even though we we put some wins together at the end and went to the conference championship them guys still feel like you know they were they, they they had a bad year like just dealing with stuff and so now, with everybody feeling like they know they got, you know, a coach and his staff that everybody believes in them, and and, and it's behind them, I think just that mentally, everybody's confidence is going to be a lot better. Um, but aside from that part of it, man, them guys are in the gym shooting all the time. Like I don't know how how um, John's player development was, but I was just no joke. Like them guys are in there all day shooting and working on their strengths working on the things that they're they're not so good in like we can't get these dudes out of the gym you know school's going to start soon (laughs) you know they might not have all the time that they you know they have now but you know like even i'm like not even the stuff that we have them do them dudes in the gym on their own so
0: that i mean that's great to hear i when you look at the jumper it looked like a shot, like a shot that would go in. It just Mm -hmm. wasn't converting last season. And you're Mm -hmm. right. Like season to season, you can see wild variances for anybody who wants to see a guy take a spike, you know, one year. um, I'm blanking on his name all of a sudden, but uh, Davion Mitchell from Baylor shot Mm -hmm. 45% from three last season at Butler, or I'm sorry, at Baylor. Mm -hmm. And that was not what he was doing from his career, but it's translated to even the summer league already. So you can see these guys kind of, lock in, get in a good space mentally. And especially with someone like David DeJulius, it feels like whatever's happening in his personal life, his, his mm-hmm. contentness off the court would mm-hmm. seem to impact his, his game on. So to me, seeing that, if he's a guy who can actually score and hit a little more consistently, that feels like a huge development potentially for the Bearcats next season.
2: For sure. And I actually, I mean, it's funny you mentioned Davion, you know, because I just seen an interview he did and he, t- he talked about that exact same thing. It's about, you know, working, working on his shot and getting confident. And, you know, it just happened to start falling at the right time. And now he is in the NBA.
1: So with a lot of the, I guess, what do I want to say this, the, the UC fans in general, you know, for watching last year's team, this is a completely new team in a sense that, you know, we've had a lot of roster turnover, a lot of new faces being addition. So, you know, we're really looking forward to seeing, you know, Mike Saunders Jr., especially you know, as he's balking up, as he's going through the monster factory, getting more explosive off that drive. You know, Jeremiah Davenport developing into what could possibly be a, a conference player of the year candidate. Uh, what about the new faces that, that we see on the squad? Like, you know, other than their work ethic, like where do you see them kind of fitting in uh, with the players that we have and maybe give us maybe a sense of some of the rotations we might be, might be looking forward to seeing?
2: That's that right there. I'm not sure yet because we, we haven't we, we didn't really start really getting into it yet, you know we just been doing workouts and stuff and just trying to see who we got and what we got to work with and and now is about the time you know when these guys get back, we need to start figuring out. Who who we going to have do what. Um, this summer is really about development. Um, the rotations and all that stuff I don't know yet I do I do think that um I think that what I, from what I've seen of Abdul, Abdul is going to be a beast on the block. Like aside from just, you know, blocking shots and stuff like that that kid actually has some moves, some footwork and some good touch. I think, I think, I think he's going to do, he's going to do really well. You know, our, our shooters, our top shooters right now, obviously, you know, Mason and then, you know, AJ McGinnis, you know, really, really shoots it far and and with ease. yeah, obviously that da- Davenport can shoot. Um, but as far as the new guys, you know, them well, Mass is not new, but you yeah. know what I'm saying, like those, you know. Yeah. And 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 Mike Adams will he just he just does everything. He he does everything well. Um he'll be key for us this year. Um we gotta we got, a, we got a, a a group, a whole bunch of guys that's just good guys that wanna work now. Like I can say when they get back is when we're going to figure out, okay, we need we need to score some points. Who's gonna who's gonna be that guy for us? So we'll we'll figure that out here soon.
1: It seems like we went from a squad last year at times because of COVID, because of just, you know, injuries. You know, we were we weren't a very deep team last year. Mm-hmm. And it seems like with the guys that we have and the guys that West brought in that it seems like we just we're going to be a very deep team it seems like you know a lot of guys are going to get opportunity we're going to see a lot of different players getting minutes and um, so uh, this is one of the more exciting I don't know how to describe this the right way if this is the right where but I think it's gonna be one of the most exciting UC basketball seasons in a long time and believe it or not we're talking with Coomer I was like or what are the expectations for this season you know it's, it's weird to think about that and I'm like I think tournaments is still you know that's that's expectations. And I feel like we have some of the, the pieces in there uh, to make that happen. What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, you know, I don't know because it's like we're everybody just so new. The staff is new, a whole bunch of players are new. And and we we just trying to we just trying to put it together and you know and, and make the best of what we have. I mean, I do think we are, we are deeper, because I, mean, I mentioned all these guys. I didn't even mention, you know, Newman. You know, John Newman is, you know, he's going to he's going to bring it on a defensive end. And, you know, he got college experience at a high major and, and you know, he's motivated and he can score, you know, Jared haslett And I love I, I love Jared. Um, I think he's really going to surprise. Super good athlete, right? Man, like- yeah, that kid that that kid is good. Six nine and, you know, can can play on the wing. Aint inside can shoot it he's an athlete he's he's a great kid who wants to work, I think he's really going to surprise a lot of people he's he's probably surprised me the most. Um, but about us being deep I think we will be deep as far as expectations um. Should that's I, that's for I, us I to put on you, right? Like yeah. that's for me I, and Hummer I, to <laughs> to
0: irrationally speculate and and raise the bar and, and make the expectations higher, right? That's totally fair.
2: All right. I mean, we haven't. All I see, <laughs> all I've seen us do is work out against each other. You know, we haven't had a chance to go out there and and and, and put out. We haven't even put in. You know, a lot of the offense and stuff. We're going to run for who, and it's just so early to to you know to tell that kind of stuff right now.
0: So, you mentioned Abdul Ado. Am I saying his last name correctly with the right pronunciation? Abdul Ado? I believe so, yeah. Okay. So, 6'11, 255 is what he's listed on the, on the mm-hmm. website for gobearcats.com. And we have a matchup against Illinois this season. Yeah. We do. Who, who is bringing back Kofi Cockburn? Yeah. Seven foot beast, 285. Sure. That's sure. a matchup where if you, if you tell me we're going against Illinois against, with last season's team, yeah. Or I'm terrified. Right. Because we just, we, it didn't feel like we had that interior presence that we've grown accustomed to as Bearcat fans, right you now, let's face it. We're spoiled. You know, I call us yeah. power forward university. Cause we historically have, you know, awesome power forwards that have toughness. They block shots, they rebound. And then even at center, you know, we have guys who aren't necessarily maybe the most skilled guys, but they're going to be tough defensively. Right. And we right. just didn't have that identity last season. It feels like in one kind of haphazard type recruiting class, mm-hmm. bringing in a Doe, bringing in Odie Oguama, another guy we haven't talked much about, but has high yeah, major experience
2: at Wake Forest. Uh, he's a beast. He's a beast. He plays harder than everybody.
0: Oh. So you're bringing that kind of talent, that kind of athleticism, uh, yeah. that kind of skill set, and and you're and you're also bringing in Hayden Koval from Greensboro, man, seven man. one, can yeah. stroke it from three.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean. The front court has been completely revamped. And I feel like it does, you know, if we're not as sure about having that go-to air quote score that we've had with Jaron Cumberland or Keith Williams and, and kind of these ball dominant guys, we don't have that obvious threat, but yeah. the depth at the front court position and the overall depth at, at the, at the shooting positions, it feels, it feels different. And it feels like kind of, it makes us a bit of a wild card. I
2: agree with everything you said. And, and like, you know, Wes has said, and I believe this, to be true, um, I haven't looked it up with West Sanko State for no reason that I think Hayden is the top shot blocker, like as far as he has the most blocks right currently in and um, Abdul is right behind him. His block and, efficiency was like, a- according to Ken Palm, I
0: remember yeah. at the time when he committed, it was like top five in the country. Yeah. And Abdul was no, was no slouch either. So all, all of a sudden you went from no rim protection to elite rim yeah. protection this season.
2: I think he said as far as total blocks currently right now in NCAA Hayden is one and, and Abdul is two wow and and that's not even to mention the shot blocking that that Odie was going to bring too so
0: is that good is that good to have a lot of uh, shot blocking Are always we gonna-
2: good. it's always good to have <laughs> shot blocking. I know I'm being facetious <laughs> it
0: feels it that's what I'm saying like it's it's In one season and in one swift like stroke of the recruiting pen, Wes Miller was able to fix a major you know problem area for us, which was was protecting the rim and just getting easy layups after easy layup against us.
2: So, one thing I tell you, we're going to do, and that's defend. Good. No, no follow up. (laughs) Just,
0: just I'm I'm just going to tell you, we're going to defend. Going to defend. So team identity wise, is that an easy prediction for you where it's like, if, if from an identity standpoint, what, what, what are the key words that come to mind for you?
2: Um, Again, I don't know. I don't know. We, we still, we still, we still learning a lot of these guys. We, we talking about it, you know, in, in meetings today, like, you know, still trying to, you know, figure out what we want to do with who, who's going to be the guy to do this. Who's going to be the guy to do that? Like, we, we still lining But what I do know is that we have we have defenders, we have shot blocking and we're going to we're going to be crazy on offensive glass and we're going to defend our butts
0: off. You know, one guy, I, I don't think we need to go name by name, which we've come close to do. And I'm, I'm not ashamed. We're nerds about this stuff. I've missed Bearcat basketball. I'm excited to be this excited about the program. We definitely need to at least spend a little time on Jeremiah Davenport. And despite all of the, you know, unfortunate circumstances from last season, be it the ones in in um, out of our control completely with COVID, and the ones that you know shouldn't necessarily be issues issues but were, he seemed to be like a beacon of light for the program despite it all. And when there was a lot of uncertainty about who's coming back and what's going to happen and who's going to be the coach, Jeremiah seemed to be pretty pretty steadfast in, in being committed to Cincinnati, and especially given the fact he's from here. Kind of how what do you what do you think about like how do you describe Jeremiah's importance to the team to the program to what Cincinnati's going to bring under West Miller?
2: Well, you know, you you bringing back a guy who who you know has has ex- more experience in the league than you know the rest of the players on the team who was basically the guy who who really held us together last year. We would have lost a lot of games if it wasn't for him just. Playing his 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 tail off and knocking down knocking down shots and and being the player he was. That's without even really running anything for him. That was just him coming in just with energy, and and being efficient. Um, and and them guys see that in, them guys see that in practice every day. Um, and that that's just what he brings. in and coaching and the coaching staff knows that. Um, and we're definitely going to lean on him, you know, to do that and improve on you
0: know on on a season he had last year i love it yeah i mean he was incredibly efficient last season the shooting when he started out so hot last year i'll admit like hummer and i were not as bullish as we should have been clearly on jeremiah davenport and it completely blew us away and that's another example as we talked about earlier with the julius where the one season sample sometimes you shouldn't read too much
2: into it with the shooting because he he wasn't a good
0: shooter freshman year and and his second year he's He's a guy you want taking a shot anytime he's got a I didn't a he
2: like way. that either. He su- look, he surprised me too. I had no idea he could shoot that way either.
0: And then um, there's a there's a preferred walk on on the team who's who's quite interesting and he's getting a lot of buzz. He looks like he's crushing it in the weight room. Cj Anthony. Everybody seems to love this guy. Funny, yeah. energetic. Like, what? Tell me a little bit about Cj and what his role is. This preferred well, walk on
2: role. Well, well, cr- crushing the weight room. Cj walked in like that. <laughs> that's what i'm
0: saying yeah he's like built for this
2: truly cj, CJ came in on his on, on 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 his visit and you know he had this small shirt on he was so ripped up and i'm like goodness gracious but you know what cj hates is when somebody says that he, he should look like he played football or he should have played football he hates it oh really and it's true he do look like he can make some money in football but you know, <laughs> cj's job is you know just to you know, come in and 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 work his tail off and put pressure on, on Dave and 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 Mike and and get them guys better and, and prepared to play. And you know, when he get his opportunities, he just make the best of it. It's, I'm
0: getting some Jamal Lucas vibes. You know, like a guy who's walking on right now. Maybe doesn't see a ton of time his freshman year, but it wouldn't mm. totally stun me if he worked his way into a role. You know, down the line.
2: Yeah. right, right. And then, like I say, in. in, in hopefully that happens believe it or not you know we know we got somebody there that's that's really going to push the, the guys we have i mean, I mean even and sam does that like a few weeks ago i mean sam sam just dominated dominated some practices like you wouldn't believe like sam is getting rebounds over the <laughs> over the pit guys he's driving by getting A1s and ones and we need that type of stuff so them guys know you know cuz it's not going to be easy out there in the game you want to be harder in practice than it is in the game
0: you Know what's funny about Sam Martin is we had Mamadou Diara on the podcast mm-hmm. last 2020 sometime early 2020 and you know after we got done and he was he was kind of comparing himself to some really high level players we asked him who is kind of the killer in practice the guy mm-hmm. who you you know just crushes it gets buckets hard to defend yeah. Ben Sam Martin Sam Martin yeah. was his pole
2: <laughs> yeah for sure and you know and me coming back I mean I, I was there with Sam first came in and you know, Sam's one of the best kids I've ever been around, and he he goes out there and, and, and plays and plays his tail off. And I mean, I, I love the kid.
0: Well, it sounds like it's going to be an exciting season. I'm really looking forward to it. It's great to have you back involved in the program. Wes has brought nothing but excitement. Um, Ray felt coming back. I mean, the whole thing. It's it's just kind of like this uh, this perfect movie script type sequence of events that's happened that really has kind of spurred on a ton of enthusiasm and i think you're going to feel it in the crowd this year no doubt
2: for sure and and you know them guys haven't they don't, they don't know what that crowd is like yet right jd may be the only one you know them, them kids have no idea what what and and they've been hearing about it and i think they're going to be excited about it but okay. you know that that kind of stuff you know can okay. can really you know push the team over the edge sometimes
0: well, Damar, I'm going to, I'm kind of, Hummer, do you have any final thoughts on the, on the Bearcats for hunt for Damar? Any questions for him?
1: You know, we, we just mentioned that, you know, it's the fans who set the expectations. And I think the expectations are pretty high this year. One destroy Xavier. Uh, they just seem like they're, you know, they don't know what, what, what they're what's going on over there at this point in time. And we should be taking full advantage of that and just stomping them back down Dana Avenue where they belong. Uh and I love how Wes kind of brings that out when he, for you know, that was in a press conference mentioning that he just wanted, to, I think he said, what do you say, beat the snot out of him? Is that what he said?
2: Yeah, I didn't see it, <laughs> but that's always the goal. Trust me, don't, no matter what's happening in the year, that's always, you know, proud um, for us.
1: I just, I loved how we, he brought it up. Like, you know, we've seen other coaches in the past, who kind of mentioned, like, you know, it's, it's just another game. And like, yeah, it is, but it's a fun game. Uh, you know, we look forward to it every year. And I definitely think this team is going to have is going to be sniffing around the NCAA tournament come the end of the season. Um, It seems like, you know, the coaching staff that you guys put together, you know, you guys as a whole whole squad, a whole team just seem to be, you know, you're bringing a lot of a lot of energy, the way he he built you guys up. Um, And so we're really looking forward to to what you guys are going to accomplish this season and and next, Uh, you know, since he's saying we got, we got your guys' back on the, uh, <laughs> on the fan front.
2: <laughs> I appreciate it. man. we got an army of coaches in there and we, we all putting our heads together and trying to, trying to do this thing right and, and, and bring it back to how it used to be. I love it Damar. Um,
0: my final thought is watching some summer league Houston Rockets, Jay Sean Tate, Kenya Martin Jr. Mm-hmm. Makes me feel old. How's it make you feel besides proud? Proud
2: and old and I tell Kenny all the time, I'm like, man, that's KJ out there. <laughs> like, <laughs> I felt like, especially being here in Cincinnati, I just felt like I just played here like yesterday and now I'm looking at, you know, my boy's son out there. It was like my nephew in it's, NBA. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's and, wild to think that that front court, their two sons are now in the same roster. Yeah, and, and, too, like. It's crazy. It's insane. And Kenyon Jr. By the way, moves exactly like his dad. Like the way he springs <laughs> off the floor, two-handed blocks, ferocious dunks. It all. It all feels very, very familiar. Well, Damar, we appreciate it, sir. Thank you very much for taking the time today. Good luck on the golf game. We didn't get to talk about that much, but I see you're putting in work on the course. That's all gonna right, pay off. Got
2: me a little late today. I appreciate it.
0: All right, sir. Well, great, great touch base with you. Good luck this season, and we'll uh, we'll touch base down the line.
2: Yeah, sure. Just hit me up. Let me know. I appreciate All right, Tamar.
0: it, I appreciate it, man. Thank you.